At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. If they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Welcome. I'm your host. And this is Uncomfortable. submission, if you will. This gentleman uh, reached out to me via email and uh, happens to be from my home state in Indiana. A little bit uh, a little bit south east of me, I believe. Maybe, maybe directly south of me. Uh, about an hour or so. And uh, has pretty interesting stuff to talk about. So, if you would, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Greg from Indiana. Greg? Hello, Eric. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Good to hear from you. How's how's things uh, how's things down there in uh, a little bit south of South Bend? Oh, uh, today it's not too bad. A little sunny, a little cool, but it's that time of year. It is. Boy, and when it uh, when that first day of fall hit, man, it hit. It was like an immediate light switch. Somebody flipping the switch. It it cooled off, and boom, we're into fall. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, questions there's no, asked. Uh, there's no transition. It was all at once. <laughs> it was absolutely. Weather is weather is so much different than it was when I was a kid growing up. Oh, the, yeah. the seasons are are so abrupt now. It's hard to get used to. All right, sir. You had some uh, 
you had some interesting stories. Why don't yeah, you uh, Why don't you get into those for us and let's see if we can go chronologically. Okay, chronologically. So um, about 2007, um, <clears throat> I was going through divorce and I moved into this uh, mobile home that needed some work in it and they they give me a pretty good deal. You know, if I did the work, they'd take off rent or whatever. So, uh, you know, living there by myself, doing the work, and I'd hear some noises in the kitchen, which is right next to the master bedroom. We walk through the kitchen and get to the master bedroom and master bath. So I just, I just being out in the country, I figured there's probably mice or something in there. And that, that went on for a few months, and I, I met a girl, and, uh, like, almost immediately, she moved in, like, within three or four days. I know it's not a great idea. But wow, dude, you move quick. <laughs> uh, she moved quick. But, yeah, it wasn't ideal, I guess, looking back, but at the time, it seemed like a thing to do. But, um, yeah, after after she moved in, things started, started picking up, you know, as far as noises in the night and, uh, you know, pots clanging, which is, you know, way, way beyond the mouse's capability, slamming pots and, um, you know, we'd wake up in the middle of the night and the, and the bed would be violently shaking and no just, kidding. yeah, like with, I, I never, I never, I'd heard about that before, but I never like experienced it. It was like one of those vibrating beds in hotels years <laughs> yeah. ago. Yeah. That's exactly what it was doing. That was the best part of going on vacation was your parents giving you a couple of quarters so you can turn the bed on. <laughs> yeah. Lay there and enjoy the vibration. So with both of you in the bed, the bed was yeah. shaking. In the middle of the night, we're both sleeping and it just would start shaking. Now, was it, was it like a vibration in the bed or was like the, the legs of the, the bed itself like rattling on the floor? I don't know, like the whole mattress and everything, the whole frame and mattress and everything was, was shaking violently. Jesus. So, yeah, it wasn't like a vib- just a vibration. It was almost like an earthquake, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And what was the conversation like after that? <laughs> um, just a lot of questions. What was that, you know? What, what, what would have caused that? And she didn't have any idea. I didn't either. It woke us both up, as you can imagine. But um, wow! And then, kind of, kind of after that, I mean, just had the noises. We just thought it might have been her kids that were, you know, cooking in the middle of the night, but with the noises. But then one night, um, I was getting ready to go to bed, and I was getting ready to take a shower, and then master bedroom and in the bathroom in the master bedroom and had the door closed and I'm shaving and I hear the like the doorknob rattle and I kind of yelled out you can come in I'm just you know shaving right now and she didn't door didn't open or anything so I opened the door said you need something and she's sitting on the bed watching tv and I I didn't say anything to her I thought that's kind of weird so I'd proceed to get in the shower and just kind of, kind of out loud 
jokingly, I said, hey, if that was a spirit, write, write your name on the mirror. You know, how fogs up when you, you know, yeah. take a hot shower. So I finished with my shower, and I, uh, I step out, and there's nothing on the mirror. And I thought, yeah, I knew that. And just kind of, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God there's nothing in the mirror. So then <clears throat> that's her turn to get in the shower, and I'm watching TV, sitting on the bed, and I hear the doorknob rattle, and I just kind of look, and nothing happened, and it rattled again, and I get up and went to the, went to the bathroom to see if she needed anything, and she's in the shower, and I kind of kind of glanced out of the corner of my eye, and I seen the word Sarah written in the mirror, oh. and her name wasn't even close to Sarah. And there's no way that she would have heard me say to write your name in the mirror. And soon as she, I said, I told her, I said, this is not funny. And she kind of opened the curtain and she was, she exited the bathroom. She didn't grab a towel or anything, just screamed and left. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So then, um, like a week later, um, she'd taken her kids someplace and I was there by myself getting ready. I was going getting ready to go to bed and I was taking a shower again and I step out of the shower and in the, uh, in the mirror is written the words, hi, Greg. Um, that's I, pretty specific. Yeah. Yeah. And something like that, she would have, probably said hi babe or or something that she wouldn't have called me by my name meaning your girlfriend yeah yeah meaning my girlfriend hmm. that was uh yeah it was a little nerve-wracking i didn't want to take a shower after that so we we didn't stay there uh, a couple months after that but in the meantime we'd had some uh paranormal investigators come out and kind of kind of told you know see if they could find anything and they didn't really find anything but the the strange thing that happened was one of the investigators went into that bathroom and closed the door and um he was doing whatever he was doing and he got actually got locked in the bathroom his inside bathroom so no kidding. He tried getting out for a couple minutes, and finally we just said, Sarah, let him out of the bathroom. We heard the doorknob click, and no. he was able to open the door. Really? Yeah. And, wow. Yeah. What, what, what was the reaction to that? Um, we were kind of used to it, I guess, but they were kind of freaked out. Like I say, it was just strange for one to get locked inside a room, and he he tried everything to get out. And as soon as we told Sarah to let him out, you know, he was able to open the door. So, like, what was your mindset on on ghosts and 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 paranormal type activity prior to moving into that place? I mean, had you ever ever had any experiences prior to that, or was this just kind of like? The stuff was so weird that you you had no other choice but to to start leaning towards. 
Yeah, when when I was growing up, I had some experiences with uh, with my neighbor's house where, you know, they go away on vacation and ask me to watch their animals, and I go in the evening and uh, make sure, you know, I got them all fed and leave the house and turn out all the lights, and the first thing in the morning I go back up and check them again, and all the lights in the house would be on. No, no kidding. And there was, uh, you know, there were, my parents and, and the neighbors had seen some lights in the yard in the night, and, you know, like like balls of light, I guess. No kidding. So, when, so you were, that, when you were a youngster, huh? Yeah, yeah, when I was a youngster. Also, I had, uh, they, had a, they had a wood, I know I'm kind of skipping around, but the house had a woods behind their house, and... Uh, um, we go back there during the day when I was a kid, and I'd, I'd actually seen what I what I think now would have been Bigfoot structures. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I would I would think that there was kids out there building forts out of out of tree branches. They'd be like like lean tos on a on a dead log, you know, big enough for me to climb in and mess around. No kidding. But, I was wondering who the kids were because there weren't many kids in my area. Well, that's unusual. Yeah, so just kind of kind of putting out with the with the balls of light. Maybe that has some connection. But I know that one of the neighbors had been back in those woods, and he said there was an Indian burial mounds back there. I never. My parents told me to stay away, so I never never investigated. But that's what I was told. And you had it all working over there, didn't you? Uh, yeah. yeah, all sorts of crazy things. You know, I think I think once you have a few experiences, you start opening your mind to other things, and maybe allows you to see things. Hundred percent, I agree with that. Hundred percent. So, because so I, I know it sounds like I've had the experience experience of everything, but maybe it's because of early exposure and anything's possible. So then you're able to see it. I don't know. I do. Uh, I do agree with that. I think, uh, I think a lot of people that have had a number of different types of experiences throughout their lifetime. Uh, I think majority of the ones that I've talked to anywhere and a lot of them that I've heard, they all seem to have something that had taken place early on during childhood and and I I do think that there is a there's a disconnect that happens with people at at some age where where they let this kind of stuff go along with uh, you know like childhood uh, um, ideals and you know my my thought is that when you do have an experience if you're open to it and you don't you're not dismissive dismissive of it and you kind of accept it for what it is. I think that helps shape a, a more open mind as you grow throughout the years. And uh, I think you're not necessarily a magnet for that kind of stuff, but you are more accepting of, of being able to um, understand there's a wider, a wider array of, of, experiences out there that uh, some people are shutting down to and just ignoring. Right. 
Yeah, I don't feel like I'm a magnet. I just feel like, you know, I'm on the lookout for these things, and when they when they appear, I can see them, I guess, as far as circumstances. But, yeah, kind of skipping ahead a little bit back in those woods, like I was saying, a few years, uh, I, was, I was growing up, and a friend of mine and I were hunting squirrel back there, and we were probably 20 or 30 feet across or apart, you know, kind of walking parallel through the woods, and something something came crashing in between us. We could we could see each other, but we couldn't see what it was. No kidding. Yeah, I said, "What the hell was that?" He goes, "I don't know. It might have been a deer, but I didn't see anything." I said, "I didn't see anything either." It made a substantial amount of noise, then, huh? Yeah, it was. We could see like the saplings. It was like a little patch of saplings. It ran right through those. We could see those being pushed aside. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That's interesting. But I could see him, and I couldn't see anything in between us. Because I had had, a, I had an experience while out hunting, <coughs> and, and I heard some, I heard footsteps. I was walking parallel to the woods. It's a, it's a longer story than this, but the, the ending of it was I was walking out of the, I had left the woods. I was walking through a field along the edge of the wood line and I could hear the footsteps beside me within the tree line. And I had a very bright flashlight. I had the flashlight turned on. I could hear, I could continue to hear the footsteps. They couldn't have been any more than 10 or 15 feet into the wood line. I mean, it was very distinctive. I could hear the leaves crunching in, in the leaf litter, and, you know, I could hear things snapping, but I could not see anything moving. That's, that's the know, scariest part. Not even, not even the fact that I couldn't see the figure of whatever it was that was creating the noise. I didn't see any residual effects of it. I didn't see, you know, like twigs or leaves or um, weeds or anything like that moving in a, in a, in association with it, that, that was, that was strange. So the fact that you guys saw movement in, in what was being disturbed by, by something you couldn't see that that's really interesting to me. Yeah. That was, that was a, one of those shit moments where it was that, you know, <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> so anyway, skipping, skipping back ahead, we moved out of that mobile home and, uh, um, well, I should go back real quick. My uh, ex-mother-in-law had said that there was a spirit that that was attached to me and was jealous that the, that girl had moved in with me. And when I talked to the landlord about that, uh, she said that there was a house on that property where the husband shot his wife on accident, supposedly, while he was cleaning his gun. So... I mean, you know, take out for what you will, you know, believe it or not. Was your mom, uh, when she indicated that there was a spirit attachment to you, was she, was she knowledgeable of, of such things or was that just like a, a guess on her part? She, um, she's a, claims to be a sensitive. Okay. So she could like remote sense things I guess because she lived in another state and was able to kind of explain the setup 
See, that's interesting to me because if you have, if you have direct blood from somebody who has uh, abilities, it does not, uh, it does not surprise me at all that uh, their children to, to some extent have those as well. Right. So you say you're not a magnet for it, but maybe in, in a, in a roundabout way, you may be. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe unknowingly. I, I don't know. I, I like the experiences afterwards, but not while they're happening. Yeah. So then, uh, like I was saying, we moved, we moved from that house to an old farmhouse. That I, I don't know when it was born. born. I don't know when it was made, but it, it was an old one. And it was, I don't know, uh, probably half, it was a little longer than half mile driveway back to it. So we didn't have any close neighbors and I liked that. But, um, first thing, the first day when we moved in, the girls went to their room and in the closet, somebody had scribbled ghosts live here. Mm. I thought, oh man. No kidding. So... All right, so you you read that, and and what's what's going through your mind at that point? <laughs> Not again. I hope this isn't true. You know, but we we just signed a lease for a year, so had you not been in that property yet? Well, we had, but we didn't obviously examine it well enough. I guess. Yeah. Just kind of kind of glanced at it and say, yeah, this would be you know big enough for us and in our price range. The landlord was a good guy, so. And how did that play out? Um, that played out kind of, there was a lot of, a lot of activity. Let's put it that way. So my, uh, one day my wife had taken her, her kids to a doctor's appointment. She had, she had, uh, two daughters and a son, <clears throat> and I was at work, and she'd taken them to the doctor's appointment, and he it was it was during the summer, and it was probably ten or eleven o'clock. He said, and he was still sleeping, and he felt somebody nudging him, and say, "Time to get up, boy," and he kind of looked and thought it was me, but he said he saw a guy in a flannel shirt and coveralls an old an older man he said blinked his eyes and looked again and the guy was gone flannel man flannel man and that flannel man was seen was seen again we had a uh like it was just like a bonfire get together with a bunch of people and somebody come up to me and and said, "Who's who's the guy standing in the field? Because we had we had a cow pasture right behind our house, and there was a barbed wire fence there. So just like on the other side of that, there was a guy standing, same description and everything, just kind of staring at everybody, like like he was disgusted or something. Did you physically see him? Yeah. Wow." Then I, I I took my eyes off him, and when I, I don't know, somebody interrupted me, and I looked back, and he was gone. So I don't know. Uh, and I had had no idea who it was because we didn't have any old 
older older guys at our party it was you know the kids and um, a few friends. So sounds like something obviously attached to that property or that yeah, surrounding so, property. So what I was told by mother um, that back in the day there was a there was a little boy in the house that had mental disabilities and the parents kept him up in the attic because they were they were ashamed of him I guess maybe what they did back then I don't know so we kind of attributed that old man to the one that was locking the boy up in the attic I never never got to do any research, and I've been looking, and I really can't find much information on the house to to know. But I, I guess like what I told you the other day, that um, I was told that the boy was still on the property. That he had been buried there? Yeah. But, well, that he was put in the well. Oh, my. Yeah, the you know, like the open well they had back back then, but not not sure. Maybe it was around the well, but I can't imagine them putting a body in their drinking water. No, I so can't either. I, I don't I don't know how true that is, but maybe it's around the well someplace. Yeah. Well, that's terrifying. Yeah. So we've had uh, we had a growl or snarl. Out there one night, we were having a bonfire, and we're all facing the house, and behind us, we we heard the, well, I call a snarl, you know, just like that, just right in our ears, (laughs) and we have no idea what it was, but we didn't stick around to find out either. How many people were there that heard that? There was like seven of us. And what was the discussion once you guys got in the house? <laughs> uh, pretty much what was that? And the people that were there that had to leave didn't want to walk outside anymore that night. Now, was this again, you know, in in the in Indiana? Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, down towards Akron. Wow. So typically uh, for the listeners, uh, central or north central uh, indiana is not uh, is not very well known for uh, predatory cats or uh, bear um, it's not to say that every once in a while there might not be a one off but uh, typically that's not not the type of uh, wildlife we have in in indiana <laughs> so did did you get the impression that it was uh, was it was it something that I guess when you heard it did your mind jump to that didn't sound natural or did it sound like just a wild animal? Well, I didn't know what it was because I mean it was deep. It kind of kind of reminded me of like a lion. I mean the, how how you felt it in your chest and you heard it. So I, I had. I was just 
speechless. I had no idea what it could have been. So it was that loud that it produced, uh, you, you could feel it in your chest. Yeah. Wow. And again, you had woods, you had a wooded area around that area, correct? Yeah, we had, yeah, there was, there was woods and then there was a cow pasture, like I say, and I don't, I don't even know how many acres, like I say, it was, we were kind of like, lived on a crossroad and the one, one of the roads was half a mile on the other side, it was like just more than a half mile. So we were set back pretty far in the field. And you know, anything could have been roaming out there. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But my my head goes to what what would be roaming out there? I mean, <laughs> Central Indiana is not a a, a mecca for uh, a crazy amount of weird wildlife. I mean, we've got deer. No. Well, you know, the other thing could have been maybe I hate. I don't even like going here, but maybe like a demonic or a, you know. Yeah. Maybe it was something like that. I don't know. We had uh, had the power go out in the house one night. We were out at our bonfire, and just for no reason, the power, I want to say the house just like shut down. And within a second, it came back on, but none of the other neighbors or the lights that we could see on the neighbors did that it may not be anything but it's just one of those strange things well it would seem if you guys were all on the same grid you would think that it would not have just been one solitary dwelling that would have would have been affected out of that uh, I keep skipping along, so so just stop me if you got questions. But we're sitting out that at the bonfire. We had a lot of bonfires that year, mm-hmm. but we could hear whispers. We didn't know what the whispers were. It was just like you could you could hear whispers, but you couldn't make out the words. Like I say, it was strange because you know it was ten, eleven o'clock at night, and there's our neighbors are half mile away if they're even awake yeah we were putting a lot of you're putting a lot of check marks in a lot of boxes uh with that property sir <laughs> uh, yeah oh I'm, I'm glad to be out of there um so what one of the uh, other really active days was a uh, thanksgiving we spent there <laughs> i usually Usually get up early on Thanksgiving and, you know, start the preps and turkey and, you know, all the goodies or whatever. So I was getting ready to get up. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning, and the way this farmhouse was, we had, like, the living room, kitchen, dining room, bathroom downstairs. And upstairs, like on the four corners, was a bedroom, and on the, in the, there was like a open area that separated them all and there was a bathroom and in the bathroom you went upstairs to the attic. So it was about four o'clock in the morning and I'm just laying there and I could hear footsteps and I could underneath the door, I could see shadows running back and forth. 
I thought, who is up at this early in the morning running around? So I kind of snuck over to the door without making a whole lot of noise and opened the door and nobody's out there. Who else, who else would have been in the house? Well, all the, her two daughters and her son. Okay. But I just kind of, two of the girls slept with their door open and they were in there sleeping and his door is closed. I didn't open it, but he was like 16. So I imagine he was still been sleeping. That sounds really reminiscent of, uh, my son's experience down at Waverly Hills sanatorium, oh. uh, seeing, you know, multiple, multiple figures just crossing back and forth, uh, across the, the open doorways. Um, you know, obviously nobody there, um, just shadowish looking figures moving back and forth. So I would imagine seeing underneath the, uh, Underneath the the door, seeing figures moving around, you wouldn't have had a any pets or anything that would have been walking around, possibly, would you? No, we didn't have any animals. Nope. <laughs> so, so on that Thanksgiving, there was just a couple things that happened during the day. It wasn't wasn't anything major, but um, I was getting the turkey. Around and we had a portable dishwasher in the kitchen, and that thing shot off and pinned me up against the wall. It was on it was on wheels, and I was I was prepping the turkey or whatever. Yeah. It had a cutting board on top, and it it just pressed me up against the wall. Now I can I can say for a fact when I was growing up, my parents had one of those as well. <laughs> You'd wheel it up to the uh, the sink and hook it up with a couple of hoses. And then when you were done, you'd wheel it back to the other side of the, the kitchen. Um, they were not under any power uh, as far as <laughs> being able to move them themselves. Um, no, this wasn't either, and it was, it was just kind of kind of freaked me out because I couldn't move. I couldn't get out. And there was nobody on the other side holding it. But... Were, were there other people in the house? Yeah, they were. They were in the kitchen and, or, you know, not in the kitchen, in the living room area, which was connected, but I was the only one in the kitchen at the time. I'm yelling, help, and they come out and they pulled it away. <laughs> Attack of the killer dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Later on, later on that day, my wife at the time and my uh, nephew said they they saw a bag of marshmallows lift up off the counter, move to the middle of the floor, and drop down. And this is all the same property with the flannel man, correct? Yeah. Sounds yeah. like he wasn't too thrilled with you guys being there. Uh, yeah, or having people over or something, because somebody was not happy that day. The other, The other thing... We thought was maybe that maybe that little boy that was supposedly there. Oh yeah, was not having a good day because we think we think that he um, had an attachment to my to my ex-wife. She'd sent me a video. This is back when we first could get videos on cell phones. Mm -hmm. So she she sent me a little little snippet that said, "I love you." 
and then kind of blew me a kiss. And while she's blowing me a kiss, she could hear like a kid's voice saying, I love you. So it was like a, um, oh. Like it was yeah. mocking her or? No, it was, it was like he was saying that to her. Oh. That's, that's kind of the way we took it. Where she said, I love you. And then, then responds, I love you. It's like he was taking it directed as him, uh, being directed at him rather than you. Yeah, exactly. Well, depending on when he had passed away and how old he was and what year it was, he may have had no idea that uh, what was in her hand was actually recording a video. So he may have just taken it as her speaking to him if he was right there. I I think I might dig in a little deeper and see if I can find out any history on that house because that's just kind of... Yeah, I would say that that's that's a significant amount of stuff going on there, dude. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that what it wasn't just that. I mean, you could feel feel things, like feel somebody looking at you. Or we we came home from dinner one night about nine o'clock, and the stairs of the upstairs were right by the door you came in in the kitchen, and I was unlocking the door, and you could hear footsteps just hauling ass up the stairs, stairs, stairs. Support for Uncomfortable is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for those sensitive areas. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code uncomfortable22 at manscaped.com. As I've said previously, I started using Manscaped products about three years ago with the Lawnmower 2.0. So with the delivery of the Performance Package 4.0, it has been a welcomed upgrade. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of men's personal grooming. Their fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has an LED light for those dark and scary areas. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. And let's say you want to take your grooming game to the next level. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate ear and nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0 the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNCOMFORTABLE22. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNCOMFORTABLE22. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So it's kind of like, oh, shit, they're home. I better get back up here. Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, if if you could, if you could look into that history of that uh, that property, 
That would be interesting. Yeah. And I also think I told you that took a picture of her at, at night one night where he was out there messing around. And like I said, I don't believe in orbs, but there was an orb in this picture. And in the picture between her and I, it, it made like a 90 degree turn. And like I said, the size of a golf ball, and it was white with a little bit of blue in it, but it looked like it was making its own light. That's interesting because uh, I've done some limited ghost investigations, and, and one time took my children with me uh, when they were in their early teens, mid-teens, I guess, and uh, we went and investigated a, a cemetery that was very close to where we lived. And... Uh, I literally, you know, in orbs for me, um, as, as far as trying to remain, a, have a skeptical mind on things, orbs, people's, uh, interpretation of orbs in photographs, you know, a lot of times it's dust. A lot of times it can be uh, a bug, you know, depending on the type of lighting that your, your phone or your, the camera you're using, it can illuminate things, uh, vastly different ways. So orbs to me are kind of, I got to take them with a grain of salt. But this one, I literally saw it manifest in front of me. And much like what you just described, this was at the top of a, a monument that was maybe maybe five feet tall. Um, uh, uh, a marker that was uh, kind of shaped like the, the Washington Monument. It was a tall pillar, and at the top of it, it had a pyramid shape that was really highly polished. Uh, I don't know. Granite, I imagine is what it was made out of. And, uh, sure. And shit, man, this, this ball, like you said, about the size of a golf ball, maybe not quite as big as a golf ball, a little bit smaller. Um, a bluish, it was, it was a bluish white light. It had a blue cast to it. Um, it just out of nowhere, it showed up near the top of that monument and it did like this crazy split second of a like a figure eight, and it's it's almost like um, the the trail of it, you know, lingered longer than the the actual orb did, and it just kind of did this little zippity do, and boom, it dissipated. It was gone. But uh, thankfully, I had I had a camcorder in one hand, I had a old Kodak uh, digital camera in the other hand. And my daughter was with me uh, very close to where I was at. And on the video, I got the, I got the orb. It showed up on the, on the video. And uh, <laughs> all I can remember other than being shocked that I saw a ball of light appear uh, was the sound of my 12 or 13 year old daughter. Maybe she might've been 14 uh, standing beside me going, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Did you see that? <laughs> and I'm like, Rage, watch your language. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was, no that was very interesting. At that point. No, no kidding. That was, that was really interesting. So, um, you know, uh, when people have take issue with when people use the word orbs, I understand it because a lot of times I think they're misidentified in a photograph, but, uh, I can say with all certainty that, uh, I, I have seen, an actual orb manifest and, and do its little uh, 
aerial acrobatics there for, and it literally, it was maybe a second and a half, you know, it was, I, 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 if I, if I hadn't been pointed in the direction of it, um, it was so small and so fleeting that I don't think if I'd have been looking in another direction, I don't think there would have been anybody, anything that would have drawn my attention to it. You know, like, Oh, oh what was that? I missed that. I don't think that would have happened. I, th I think it happened not necessarily specifically for me, but it, it happened to, to do it right while I was looking in its direction. And, uh, that was, that was very fortunate to be able to see that. Did, did you ever go back out to that place and see if it had any more activity? Uh, I have been out there one other time and, uh, it is, it is an active place. Um, that evening and you know at this time ghost adventures was uh, probably at the height of its popularity in the you know uh, the beginning first couple of seasons and you know that was something we watched as a family all together and you know we were really into all of it and kids like getting spooked and you know it was always something that was of interest to me obviously i've decided to go off and do a podcast about this kind of stuff so it was always something that was you know on my radar um but during that during that one night, the same night that the orb appeared, we had multiple things that uh, that I was able to catch on camera, uh, one of which was, uh, and I've talked about this in other, other episodes, there were two gravestones that were very old and very weathered uh, to the point where whatever had been uh, chiseled as far as dates and, and names um, had been worn down to the point where it was almost, uh, unrecognizable. And, uh, there was one that was still intact and that there were, the, then there was one that was identical to it beside it that had been broken in half. And the other half of it was leaning up against itself. And, uh, you know, from watching different, uh, ghost shows, you know, like ghost hunters and, and, um, ghost adventures, I was always, uh, I was always taking pictures in a series of three, you know, it'd be click, 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 click. And, uh, sure enough, while taking a picture of those, uh, those two, two stones in the second photograph, not in the first, not in the third, there is a significant mist that is in the shape of I can only, I mean, I've, I've looked at it, you know, a hundred times and, um, it, it appears to be the outline of, of what I would say would be an, an adult sized figure wow. leaning, leaning over, looking like, uh, looking like they were, their hands would be supported on their knees. So bent at the waist you can almost see the sleeve, the outline of a, a sleeve, like the, the, the short, short sleeve shirt, um, the, the face, you can see like the, um, the shadows where the eyes would be almost looks like he had a very, uh, very thick mustache on his upper lip. Um, and, and it was, it's, it's so weird. It, I guess to fig to finish describing, it looked like he was leaning over somebody that was sitting in a chair, and I, I got the, the the incredible feeling that somebody the whoever was sitting in that chair 
looked like they were, if I got the impression they were being chastised, like they were being yelled at or, or told they'd done wrong or something like that. Um, but this was all just a mist. And, you know, in the first and the third photograph, the autofocus of the camera, everything seemed to be in focus. You know, the things that were further behind were a little bit blurry and the things that were up front is what the camera focused on. And, and that was, there was some clarity to it. But in that second picture, everything seemed to be blurred except for the misty looking figures. And, you know, I mean, I know, I know when I took those pictures, I know the length of time that it took to, to click, you'd hear the shutter go <coughs> and then it'd reset to take your next picture. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, there, there was not a significant amount of time between, between pictures, you know, it was pretty much click, click, click. Yeah. So, you know, and it wasn't something that like appeared visually to me. I didn't, I didn't notice it as I was taking the pictures, looking at the two gravestones. And then, uh, you know, there was an EVP that my, my son was walking around with his iPhone and had the voice memo app open and, you know, he was doing his thing. If there's anybody here that wants to get a message out to anybody or something like that, you know, um, I didn't even tell him about this until just a couple of years ago, to be honest with you. Um, he had gotten an EVP and it, it said, you shouldn't be here. And it wasn't, it wasn't like you, you shouldn't be here. You know, like it wasn't something that was super scary or anything like that. It just, I got the impression that it was like a, maybe like an older lady, an old woman that was just like telling us, Hey, this is like, this isn't your place. You shouldn't be here, you know? And, uh. And again, I took, uh, I took pictures of, cause this is a really small graveyard. Um, maybe, maybe two thirds of an acre in size and, and very old, a lot of, uh, a lot of older gravestones in it from like the, the 1800s and stuff. And, uh, I just was walking around. I was taking pictures of everything. You know, I just figured, you know, if I had to go through 300 pictures to see if I caught anything, I'd do it. And uh, I took pictures of the surrounding wood line um, because it was all trees uh, around around two of the three sides of it. And uh, I was loading those pictures and I started clicking through them on the computer and my son walked in the room and he's like, is that a face? And I said, where? And he's like, right there. And I said, where? You know, I wasn't seeing it. And he's like, turn the picture upside down. So I, I rotated the picture and sure enough, man, there's, there is a full on skull, you know? I mean, it, it is a white face. And I was like, Oh my God, first of all, how did you, how did you pick that out? Especially when it was upside down in the orientation that it was sitting on the computer. But I mean, it's creepy. It's like, there is definitely something there it's not pareidolia or uh you know i mean when you see it it's i think i even put those posts in uh one of my instagram posts uh at some point not too awful long ago but yeah i mean you know i guess the point i'm getting at is that one night that i'd been there i had answered any any remaining questions i had had been answered 
So have I gone back there? Yes, I went back there one more time, and I saw lights bouncing around in the trees. Um, not not very low either, you know, not like uh, not within five or six feet of the ground. These were up. These were up higher, and they were small balls of light. I saw three of them on a couple of different occasions, and. The, you know, it, it was more more resembled like what I said I saw at the uh, top of that monument. Possibly a little bit bigger, but uh, pretty much acted uh, the same way where you would see it. And those actually lasted a little bit longer than that. But uh, And then they'd, they'd show up, you know, in a completely different area uh, later on in the evening. So, and I mean, I, I've been around for a lot of years so i know what fireflies look like and uh, <laughs> right. these were not these were not fireflies so it was strange absolutely strange for sure yeah sounds like it what else you got uh, so i think that was pretty much that for the house um couple real quick I had a had a couple of UFO incidences, not there. Um, probably about early to mid nineties. <clears throat> friend and I we'd uh, go out riding motorcycles after second shift, you know, which is you know get off work at midnight, go home, get the motorcycle or whatever, and go ride for a few hours. So we was out riding, and we. Uh, stopped in the country to have a, you know, for a smoke break and kind of chit-chat and sitting next to this, this hay field and in the distance there's trees, like a tree line, and then the hay field and then the road we were sitting on and then trees behind us. So I could see these three lights in the distance across the hay field and they're just, they were white lights and they were getting getting bigger and bigger and I realized that it was something coming towards us. I thought it was maybe three airplanes but it didn't make any sense why there was three lights. So <clears throat> when I got closer I realized it was on on one one structure and it was on it was a triangle shaped aircraft and I want to say there was one light in the front and two in the back as it was coming towards us. It was probably as big as, say, like a three-bedroom ranch house. But it was, it was probably 40 or 50 feet off the ground. Wow, that's low. Yeah. I could have thrown a rock up and hit it. Okay. And it, it was going, it wasn't going any more than 10 miles an hour because we sit there for, five minutes before we could realize what that thing was. But it flew directly over our heads, and when we turned and watched, and it had to go up to go over the trees behind us, and then it disappeared, and we decided probably ought to leave and go home for the night. <laughs> so, yeah, I would, I would say uh, I probably would have left, too. But um, as, as it was going over, I, I didn't really make out too many details, but I did notice like the 
It looked like front windows. I don't know if they were. But I couldn't see anything in front, but it's kind of like the front was uh, slanted back, almost like one of those uh, um, stealth fighters. Oh, okay. But this was going way slower, and there were no wings on it. It was. It looked like a big block, big triangle block. But the front was angled back, and there was uh, it was like four big windshields up front. But really? I, good. Really? Windshields? You can see glass in it. it. Well, it was reflecting the stars off of it, so... Like I say, I couldn't see inside, but I could see it reflecting some of the stars that were that were above it. I guess that that makes any sense. The body of this thing did it block out the the sky? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And what the three lights that you're talking about? Were they where were they positioned on the craft? Were they like at all three points of the the triangle? Yeah, on the bottom side of it. Were they it didn't really, it, they weren't like spotlights, and I, it, I don't know, a lot of this stuff is, doesn't make sense to me, why they would need lights, but. Yeah, I've always you know, wondered that myself. So, so probably the, the other thing is, you know, the Grissom isn't too far from here, so I don't know if it might have been a military thing. Well, you know, it's funny you bring that up, because um, my uncle, back when I was a younger younger kid um he used to because i got uh i got a hard copy a hardbound copy of project blue book as a birthday gift from my godfather and uh my uncle had been over and i was talking about ufos with him and he had told me that he and his buddy used to go drive down to some area um around grissom air force base because there were a number of UFO sightings around that base. Hmm. And I had heard multiple reports of UFO sightings around the Grissom Air Force Base as well. Now, whether that was military technology that was being used uh, or developed in that area, who knows? But uh, it is consistent with what you're talking about as well. And yeah, I mean, we're some, so close. I had I had two A-10s fly over my house today, so. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I love those things. Yeah, those things are, uh, they're monsters. But Good. when you talk about something that's uh, staying in the air, moving moving five or ten miles an hour is not something. Uh, unless, it should not have. Unless it's, uh, unless it's held up by, uh, you know, like a blimp with, uh, um air in it that's lighter than air. Um, yeah, anti-gravity, I don't know. There's, I don't know were, much. Was there any sound when that thing there, went over? Yeah, there was no sound at all. There was no humming, no no nothing. I mean, if you were in the house, you wouldn't even know that it was outside. And the lights that you were talking about, were they, were they bright enough? Did they illuminate, like, anything underneath it, or... You know, I don't. I don't remember. I was so focused on trying to see if anybody was in there, if I could see anybody. What'd your friend say? He was. He didn't say anything. He just kind of stood there with his mouth open, you know. But and and I knew whoever was in there could could tell that we were watching it, and I don't know how I know that, but 
I just, just had that feeling. And the first thing I did when before we left was I looked at my locks. So we have we didn't have any missing time. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I think I was acutely aware of that part to make sure that there's no missing time. So there wasn't any, but. And did you, did you ever have any subsequent conversations with your friend about that? I did. And he's, it was like, might've been two or three days later. said, Mike, what was that thing? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you know, we stopped and that thing flew over our heads. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So was, was it from the standpoint of, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want to talk about this. Or was, did you like honestly believe that he was not aware of what you guys had seen? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of took it where he didn't want to talk about it and he was gonna make me, make me seem like nothing happened. Mm. That's, that's the way I took it. So I never brought it up again to him, but it's just, just weird that, you know, some people I heard react that way. Yeah, that's strange. And uh, like I told you the other day, I didn't see anything on on the news or newspaper or anything. I did report it to MUFON at the time. I don't know if it's still on there. Did but, you really? Yeah. Interesting. But um, here recently, I was on one of the Facebook groups and I from my area, and I asked if anybody just just by chance they might ever see anything like that, and. It's been so long that we couldn't specify the dates, but around the same time, somebody else had seen something similar or the same thing about four miles away. Oh, really? Four miles away from where you originally saw it? Yeah. Well, that's some pretty decent confirmation. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I wonder. If, if these things, if not all, I'm not saying all of them, but in some part are, are things that our military has that are intended to look like and act like extraterrestrial craft. So I've been trying to, trying to figure out more on the TR3Bs, but I don't, I don't. I haven't found too much information. If you had to guess, like from the, from the, on, on the sides of this craft, when you saw it, um, can you guess, I mean, you said, you know, it was only 50 feet above the ground. Can you, a, a, a guesstimate to like the height of it, like the sidewalls of, of the craft? Um, um, I'd say probably 10 foot. And, and it's, it's a little bigger than that. And it's fifteen to twenty, probably. In height, that's impressive. I, I know, I know, I, I know, I stuttered there a little bit, but I'm, I'm running it through my head, and yeah. believe me, it was in the nineties, but I remember it almost like it was yesterday. I mean, I can still see that something old. I'll never forget. I don't think. Could you see any kind of like defining pattern on it? Was 
I mean, could you see panels? Uh, were there panel lines or anything? Where, or was everything just like flush? Was it was it uh, shiny or was it like dull or just like I say on the front it was the only place I could see like four defined. I'll call them windshields. You know, kind of like in a like in a V pattern, like two on one side and two on the other, angled towards the back. Yeah. But other than that, I didn't really see any panels or rivets or anything. That's an impressive sighting. Yeah, it's, it's impressed me. Very interesting. Very interesting I've stuff. Never seen anything like it since. If you happen to uh, be able to, to go back and look on the MUFON website, if you could find your report and uh, take a screenshot of it with your phone or something and, and send it to me, I'd love to uh, post that when we hear right. this episode. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can find it. Good. Any other uh, any other crazy experiences you've had? Well, just uh, finished up with one last last one, kind of, I guess, is of my uh, I was up at my dad's last year. He lived in uh, just north of Kalkaska in Michigan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he lives, uh, he's got state forest all around him. And they, him and his wife had 20 acres, I think. Maybe it was 40, I don't know. By taking my camper up to visit with him, just to, so I pulled it in the yard. And like the middle of the night, something slammed my camper. Like, like, like it slammed into it? Yeah, like it slammed it and shook it. I was I was dead asleep and I didn't didn't take long to wake up. And and to go with that <clears throat> back in May, um my dad died. I'm but, sorry. But we went up the night before. We went up on a Monday night, and, like, we got in there and went in. We knew he was going. And we went back out to set up the camper, and we heard um, what I want to describe as the uh, Ohio howl. Yeah. It went on for 15, 20 seconds, and then Cody started baying. So it was mixing in with the coyotes. They, when it stopped, they started. That that seems to be pretty common. I, so I mean, I was, when you're talking about uh, possible Sasquatch vo- vocalization. Yes, I don't. I don't know if those two things were related, but I'll tell you what, it scared the hell out of me when it hit my camper. Did Did you notice any damage on the outside, like the next day? I I looked. I didn't see any any damage or any handprints or anything. But now, Kalkaska, if if I'm I'm right, that's uh, north north central Michigan, right? Uh, yeah, it's about an hour north of Cadillac. Yeah. So um, the the Manistee National Forest. No, it's it's like. 
Manistee's kind of in the middle to the east, right? This is like, we'll say it's uh, 30 miles east okay. of uh, Traverse yeah. City. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a map right now, so that's, uh, that's northwest of the Huron-Manistee National Forest. But nevertheless, uh, that is uh, a fairly... Um, fairly wooded area. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of reports from from that part of the state. And he he lived up there for eleven years, and that was the only two real experiences I had. And I could imagine something coming up and hitting the side of your your trailer hard enough to to wake you up. I know a woman who uh, who has a trailer uh, just outside of the the Huron Manistee National Forest, and uh, she's she's reported a couple of times of hearing something walking and running across the top of her camper. Oh, jeez! With uh, considerable weight behind it. Uh, no, thank you. I had a had a motion sensor light on my on my camper. I used for like a porch light for for you know going to the fire mm-hmm. and come back. You have a place to see, but that light was on too. So something had tripped it, and at the same time, creepy stuff. Yeah, creepy stuff. I had a friend of mine who. Uh, had put a trailer in Baldwin, Michigan. I know that's a, They had purchased a piece of property that was kind of landlocked. Um, it was the the piece of property that they purchased was inside of basically a property that would, was not going to be owned by them. Um, so they had a they had an easement that they were allowed to drive through to get back to that property, but all the surrounding property was owned by uh, another family. And uh, they had put a camper up there, and it was going to be strictly for hunting season, and then to go up there in the wintertime and uh, snowmobile. And they had taken a trailer, and it was nothing special. It was just, you know, just something that they could get in out of the elements uh, during hunting season and, and snowmobiling. And... uh the property that they had was fairly clear, um, so they put the, the camper in the in the middle of the clearing, no trees, uh, very close to it at all, and uh, they had, you know, done a little bit of work to it, get everything prepped for for the hunting season, and um, they used it for one year, and when they came back the next year to kind of open things up and get ready for the the season again. Um, Something had, or someone, had literally torn part of the back, the the very back of the trailer, torn it off. And peeled, basically just peeled it back like a a sheet of aluminum foil. And uh, there was some other damage. and he said the, the most unusual thing was, and, and Bigfoot or Sasquatch wasn't even a part of this conversation at all. So, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't leading him or anything. And uh, 
he said that when they were when they were first pulling up to it aside from seeing the the back end torn out of it he said the thing that he thought was remarkable about it was that it looked like the roof had been caved in about five feet apart from each other across the um, perpendicular to the the way the trailer sat almost like if two large logs had been dropped down onto the roof of it but he said the whole the whole thing of it was was they specifically put the trailer where it was because it was nowhere near any trees you know 30 40 yards away so even if a tree had fallen you know during the winter or because of a storm or whatever nothing was going to fall on the trailer and uh i think back to that multiple times he said it it almost looked like um two huge bowling balls had been just like slammed into the top of his trailer and you know i look back at and i listen listen to myself say it now and it's like man was that two was that two big fists and arms coming down on top of the trailer you know just smashing something running across the top of it huh or was it something running across? No, that's the top? possible too. Yeah, um, but something obviously, or someone obviously, did not uh, take kindly to that that being there. And I've always thought it was odd because you know that that piece of property was landlocked. So, um, it, whoever or whatever uh, did the damage to that trailer, quite possibly would have been used to that property not being utilized at all, right. and, and was maybe pissed off. Now, could it have been uh, troublemaking kids? I suppose, but uh, doubt it. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of do too. Interesting. Well, sir, we're a little bit over an hour here, and uh, interesting conversation. You've had some. Uh, you've had some unique, uh, unique experiences. And I want to thank you for sharing it with us. Sorry if it sounded disjointed, but... No, not at all. You were fine. Try to keep it flowing, but... Yeah, it's been interesting at times. That is... That's a good word for it. It is... uh, When you're open to these kind of things, it makes for a much more interesting life. Yes. Sometimes it's terrifying. Oh yeah, like but, like bear hunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I uh, had a friend of mine years ago. God rest his soul. He passed away from cancer. Um, he took me to his uh, his parents' property up in the uh, on the west on the western side of the Upper Peninsula, way up there above. Escanaba. Uh, yeah, it was in the Waters Meet. Uh, area almost smack dab in the middle of the the western upper peninsula and uh, right around the area of the Paulding Light I don't know if you've ever heard about that but um, I remember him taking me out to a piece of property we we drove into town and uh, we went to a a bakery and they had trash bags full of four and five day old like uh, jelly donuts and stuff like that 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 didn't sell and his dad had some kind of a deal with them and uh, during the hunting season he'd provide them with deer meat and they'd give him all the uh, all the all the sweet stuff so he could go out and bait for bear and uh, 
you know, I didn't know any better. We just, we drove out to the, the property and, you know, we walked a, a mile back into, into the woods and we're carrying these bags of, you know, jelly donuts and all these glazed donuts and stuff that were old. And, um, we got back to this, uh, the spot where they set up their bait and everything for him. And, uh, he's like, just keep get kind of keep your head on a swivel because they're out here now already. So and I was like, wait a minute, you just we just carried out thirty pounds of donuts and stuff, and you're telling me they're out here? And yeah. uh, it was that was an unnerving that was an unnerving walk going back because uh, I, I was sure that my my everything about me smelled of uh, day old jelly donuts. <laughs> I figured I was going to wind up on the on the uh, menu for for some bear up there but uh, fortunately we did not see any it was was unnerving though all right sir well again thank you so much for contacting me i i appreciate you listening to the show and i appreciate you sharing your experiences with our listeners well you're welcome i, I enjoy listening to the show good content good sound and very professional. I appreciate that. I really do. All right, sir. Stick around. We have a lot more coming. So hopefully there will be something in there for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good night. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.